0: The text for our sermon this morning is from the gospel, the sheep and the goats, a parable, a a story. uh, uh, It's hard to define it as a parable because here Jesus is actually depicting something that will take place. So whether we call it a parable, a lesson, or a story, I think we're all familiar with the story of the sheep and the goats. But in particular, we're going to reflect on the different responses How do the sheep respond and how do the goats respond to Jesus' word? The sheep, they say, Lord, when did we serve you? When did we do these things? Lord, you speak on our behalf. Tell us. The goats, though, if you paid attention, the goats objected to Jesus' word. They said, Lord, when did we see you and not do all these things? So in our reflection on Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats, we learn that the sheep live by faith. God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, we heard a parable. We heard the parable of the talents. Jesus was telling this parable as his cross is quickly coming. It's the week of his passion. Jesus teaches us about talents. Talents being everything that we gift from, get, everything we receive from God is a gift, a talent to be used for his glory. You could say that the most important talent we have is our faith. Jesus tells today's story, the sheep and the goats, kind of like a corrective to the parable of the talents. The talent and its growth It's not always visible. You may not always see the talent growing and increasing. And also, we may not always be happy with how our faith is grown. We may not always be pleased or happy with how our faith is nurtured. But sheep live by faith in the words of Jesus. So as we consider the sheep and the goats today, a couple of verses we want to take a look at. First, we're going to consider when Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory. Now, this passage doesn't mean that Jesus has left us. It's not as if Jesus is like mom or dad who's gone away on a work trip. And when dad gets home, you're going to get it. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, when Jesus reveals to us that he's been here all along, Jesus said, lo, I am with you always. That when Jesus ascended to the right hand of God after Easter and after Pentecost, it wasn't as if Jesus left us. It wasn't as if he has gone up into heaven and he's off limits to us. Or he can't be with us as he said he would. Jesus says when the Son of Man returns in his glory, when he is revealed to have been here with us all along, that he absolutely is still with us. He's with us in humble ways, in humble means. It's just that he's not returned in his visible glory. Returning in glory means that when Jesus comes and proves that he's right, that is his glory, that his truthfulness is known by all people. No one will be able to deny that Jesus is true God when he returns in his glory, because he's going to show that he's defeated death, he's defeated sin, but right now he doesn't show that glory. Jesus comes to us in humble ways now. Too many people think that Jesus' humble presence means that he's not present at all. Our world seeks glory. Our world seeks the fashionable, the rich, the powerful. And if that's what you consider to be true glory, then it will appear as if Jesus is gone. It will appear as if Jesus has left us to clean up the house. Dad's gone on a business trip and we're stuck here like, was it, Cinderella, having to clean up everything. Even God's people are tempted with this thought. God's people are often tempted with the feeling that the Lord is gone. Life just kind of goes on and... Jesus isn't present. The psalmist in Psalm 35, he even says, How long, O Lord, will evildoers keep succeeding? Lord, why are you silent? So often it does seem as if Jesus is absent. If he is an absent God. And I do think that that many times is not just the psalmist's complaint, but our own. God, why is there so much division in our world? Why can't my parents give me more freedom? God, why are my children so disobedient? Why can't people just speak the truth to one another? Why, O Lord, do I feel so alone? If you are here, whatever the question might be, I think we've all fallen for the devil's trap, that Jesus is absent. That he's gone and pretty unreliable. Or to say it another way, that Jesus' promise to always be with us is unbelievable. But I don't know if you've thought about it, but as I was writing the sermon, I wondered why do we fall for that temptation so often? Why is it that we fall for this idea of thinking the world is spinning out of control so easily? I think it's because we ourselves don't want to be humble. We don't want to acknowledge that God is actually with us. It's just he's with us in ways we don't like. We want praise. We want victory. We want all the things in the world to go our way now. Well, maybe not everything, right? But just... Just the good stuff, right? (laughs) In other words, we want to believe in ourselves. We want to believe our will to be true and right. We want our ways to be above all other ways, even God's. And you see, that was the mistake of the goats. The goats in our story, they didn't have faith They didn't believe that Jesus could be present in humble means. Jesus points out that the goats, they didn't have faith. Even before he talks about, you know, going and visiting prison, feeding the hungry, giving water to the thirsty. You have to pay attention to the order in this parable. Or else you'll get all messed up with it. Before the people even approach the throne of God, they are already sheep or goats. Jesus doesn't take a look at the sheep and the goats and weigh their good deeds versus their bad and then pronounce them, you're a sheep or you're a goat. They're already sheep or goats before their deeds are even considered. The question is faith. You see, the goats didn't have faith. What does it say? It says they were cursed in our text. And it wasn't because of, it wasn't, the curse wasn't the cause of their unbelief, but it was a result. Scripture's very clear that God does not desire the death of any person, but that all would repent and live. 1 Timothy 2.4, God desires all to come to the knowledge of truth. Ezekiel 18, God says, do I have any pleasure in the death of the wicked? No, but rather that he should turn from his evil ways and live. The cursed are cursed in our story because they don't believe what God has said about his son Jesus, that he is with us in humble ways. They want Jesus in his glory. They want a Jesus that doesn't require faith that's the curse of the goats they don't believe hebrews 11:6 says it's without faith it is impossible to please god so the goats don't believe they don't trust in god alone and so their deeds are held against them and consider this even in this judgment scene the goats still do not believe when speaking directly with Christ. So it's not just that they don't believe Christ is with us in humble means. It's that they think Christ is a liar. Even in Jesus' glory, they will not humble themselves. They argue with Jesus. This was just how they lived their life. They didn't want a humble Jesus who comes to them in humble means. They refuse to repent of their pride. It was their way or the highway. If you notice, they did things that appeared good. When did we see you, they said to Jesus. When did we see you and not do these things? It's not that the goats didn't do things that appeared good. It's just that they wanted credit for their good works before God. They wanted to be judged by their works. The sheep, on the other hand, though, as a contrast to the goats, the sheep, they're not cursed, but they are blessed by the Father. They are blessed with a blessing given by God's own hand. The Greek gives us a little clarity with what does this mean by how does, how does God bless the sheep? Well, it's a word that many of us are familiar with in the Greek, and it's, it's the word for blessed here, and it mean, it, it's the Greek word eulogy. Eulogy just means a good word. So Jesus says, come, you who my, my father has said a good word about. Come, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. The inheritance, the kingdom is a free gift. It has nothing to do with the works. The gift that God has spoken about, who that has declared his people, his sheep from the beginning of the world. So how can the Father say something good about, about us who sometimes look like anything but sheep? How can the Father say anything good about sinners? Well, the Father can eulogize sinners. The Father can say good things because of what Jesus has done to be seated on the throne of glory. Jesus lived the perfect life on your behalf. He considered all others before himself. He was satisfied with a humble God. Our sins have not been Our sins are not forgiven because we're so good, but our sins are forgiven because Jesus is so good. Our sins are forgiven because Jesus has taken the fall for all of your sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we would be the righteousness of God. This is why Jesus can credit the sheep with just good deeds. Did you notice the sheep? None of their sins were mentioned. Who are these perfect people? Who are these people, these sheep that can stand before God and God has nothing bad to say about them? It is you, dear saints. You who live by faith and the humble presence of Christ among us. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Not one mention of sin. Not even one mention of reluctance to do these very things. The sheep, they ask too. They question Jesus, but... If you notice, their question comes from a place of belief. They said, Lord, when did this happen? You see, the sheep are still living by faith. They ask Jesus to speak up and defend them. The sheep don't trust their works, nor do they trust their own opinion of themselves. The sheep didn't let their right hand know what their left hand was doing. They didn't need to keep track of their good deeds because they knew that the righteous live by faith. The good deeds were there. They just didn't trust them to get them to heaven. So Christ does not come to us in glory, but in humble means. And how you approach Christ now is how you will approach him when he comes in glory. He covers himself now in meager means, as he did even in the Old Testament, in his prophets and priests. Christ comes to us in his word and sacrament. This is how he can say, lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. He isn't with us in some superficial, ethereal way that we can't grab onto. No, that's never been the case. God always wants you to find where he humbles himself. In his word and sacrament. In baptism, he has spoken his eulogy over you. A real tangible moment that he gives you a promise of humble means. In the Lord's Supper, he speaks a blessing over you. For the forgiveness of your sins. These humble means of grace rejected by the world give you what you need to do good deeds. But, dear sheep, we must hunger for them. We must desire to do good deeds. The deeds of the sheep, they brought their Savior joy. God rejoices over our good works. Philippians 2.13, it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. 1 John three twenty two. Whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. Hebrews 13, 21, God will equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. It all comes from faith. It all comes from trusting in Jesus and that he's with you. So don't think that Jesus is uninvolved or missing from your everyday life because he doesn't come to you in glory or you don't receive the glory you think you should. We look forward to his return with eager expectation, but as we're told, no one knows the day. But Jesus said, watch yourselves Lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life that that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. No, we must live in fear of God, for fear is the beginning of wisdom. God is our Father and He will return. We must be found doing good works so that we don't make Him a liar. He said He's going to work through you but we do this so that people may see in our lives the love of God reflected and that he is indeed active in our world. We fear him as you might fear a loving father who is gone away on a trip, but he's returning to give us gifts, to give us souvenirs that we've never seen before that are glorious and wonderful, purchased by the blood of his son. Then when he returns, not only does Christ return in glory, but we will too. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.